Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. Uh, we've talked about grateful people are happier. They have more of those good, loving oxytocin hormones, more serotonin. It is just incredible way to lead lead your life. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, because of what happened last week, you know, last week we talked about the Ohio disaster and uh, apparently YouTube didn't like what I had to say about uh, it being a nuclear, almost like a, a, ta- a city of the Palestine being, being nuked. And they actually took that show down off of YouTube. But be that as it may, uh, starting today, <clears throat> we're going to start uh, just having some uh, interesting facts for you to help you to be the CEO of your own body so that you can have more control. We're going to talk a little bit today about, uh, you know, how uh, sleep affects you and are you a morning person uh, and how you react to it. And and two other things, one about retinopathy and uh, and I uh, thought a second one we'll talk about is um, about hearing loss, huh? So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they say your eyes are the windows to your soul. But it turns out they may also uh, be a window to your chance of having a stroke. So there was a study done of 5,000 adults. They found that the disease called retinopathy, disease of your retina, can increase your stroke risk. So this retina disease uh, takes place in the retina, which is the light sensing tissue in the back of your eye. And you'll, you know, you've heard about retinal detachments and, and how serious that can be and how that has to be treated immediately, if not sooner. But as retinal diseases progress, they can cause the blood vessels in your eye to leak and you know, cause other disturbances with your vision and lots of dark spots. But if you have that, you could be also be looking at a stroke. The important thing to note about retinopathy is that it's more prevalent in folks who have diabetes and heart disease. This means that in many cases, stopping the disease, what? Brings down uh, your chances of having the complications. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Jerry Smith, epigenetics plays a major role. That's lifestyle changes. So it, it's important to lead a good, healthy, wholesome lifestyle, mind, body, spirit. Get regular eye exams. Uh, annual eye exams are a good way to, so that the inside of your eye can be looked at, so they know what's happening because they are a window to your soul and the retina and the blood vessels can be examined. And that examination should ensure that any irregularities are caught early and that you can be treated to maintain good eye health. And there's lots of different and new tests that are present today that were not even been able to, to be done last year. 
And of course, you know, if you're leading a good, healthy lifestyle, that means you're getting a good vitamin supply. Uh, vitamin B1, by the way, is known to support eye health. Uh, there's other ones like lutein, and but I'm not here to tell you to take vitamins. I'm, I'm here to tell you to have a good, uh, healthy lifestyle. And if you're you or a loved one uh, have been diagnosed with retinopathy, continue to work for the best treatment approach and uh, to keep lowering your stroke risk. The other thing is, you know, as we get older, we don't like to admit it, right? We, we, a lot of things we don't like to admit as we get older. Um, that's, but that's hearing loss. That's something else you cannot outrun. And so if you find yourself saying, oh, say that again, or uh, you don't have the television high enough, that's why I can't hear it. But uh, if your hearing is starting to slip, um, you want to take care of it. Because it's not only your hearing loss that affects you, it's other things. There was a study at John Hopkins, the School of Public Health, the Bloomberg School of Health. They found that hearing loss, especially in seniors, well, as most of us that listen to this program, speeds up physical decline and reduces mobility. Did you hear that? Hearing loss speeds up physical decline and reduces mobility. They found that older adults with hearing trouble have poor balance. And none of us, as we get older, want to fall. We have worse walking endurance and faster declines in overall physical function compared with those with normal hearing. But the study also found that folks who protected their hearing, yes, even wearing hearing aids, are more likely to be stronger and healthier. In other words, sustaining your hearing will ultimately improve your overall health as you age. I know a lot of you don't want to hear anything about hearing aids, but they are a great tool to combat hearing loss. There's now over-the-counter hearing aids. Uh, I don't know a lot about them, but I, you know, there's a lot of uh, Costco's, Sam's, and other uh, doctors' offices will get that have free hearing aid tests. And of course, if it's really bad, you'll need cochlear implants. But we're not, you know, the, the purpose of me today is just to, to tell you that your hearing is not only, your hearing loss will not only affect your hearing and your ability to understand. There's been also other studies that, that show it affects your cognitive ability. But now your balance and mobility are, can be affected, your stamina. So it's something you want to have, you or your doctors want to look into. And, and take care of it because it's important for your health. So when you wake up in the morning, do you think you have control of that? You know, some people are up and at them, right? And some people feel sluggish and, sluggish and groggy. Some people say, I'm not a morning person. But just like epigenetics and lifestyle changes can affect your genetic expressions, so can lifestyle changes affect your morning alertness. This study was done, you know, Nature Communications was the journal, but it was done with a lot of people and even some twins. 
Okay, they were they used tracking devices and blood sugar levels throughout the day. Really, pretty good study. Okay, and they, one of the things they asked are, do morning people actually exist? The results reveal a lot about what might really be at play when it comes to morning grogginess and lethargy, tiredness. There were three factors that affected morning alertness more than others. One was sleeping longer and later into the morning. Second was eating a breakfast high in complex carbs, but low in sugar. And lastly, getting exercise the day before. Got that? Three things. And these are all independent factors. So that means just doing one of them could help you hit the hit help you to hit the ground running in the morning. So get up and at them. And let's get to be a morning person. So what's a sleeping in business? Well, Considering that the majority of individuals in our society are not getting enough sleep during the week, sleeping longer on a given day can clear up some of that sleepy sleep debt that we carry around with us. So if you want to wake up and hit the ground running, waking up earlier than usual may not be your best strategy. A better strategy may be to sleep in a little later and maximize productivity from that point on. And of course, you, we've talked about sleep and it, it should be dark. It, there should be no EMFs and you can use melatonin as a sleep aid and use blue blocking glasses. So now, so, so you can sleep a little longer and get and sleep in a little bit and then get your day going and exercise. Well, it seems like exercise benefits nearly all aspects of all aspects of our health, right? We, we talk about it no matter what we're talking about, high blood pressure, obesity exercise is important it's important to our health and wellness and it's and it's also important to morning alertness one of the study authors said in a statement it may be that exercise induced better sleep is part of the reason that exercise the day before by helping sleep that night leads to superior alertness throughout the next day so stay active Okay, you'll get a better night's sleep and you'll be more alert the following day. And, you know, our mothers always told us, eat a good breakfast. I know some of you uh, do intermittent fasting, and if that's working for you, that's good. But uh, this study showed that out of all the breakfasts tested, a breakfast rich in complex carbs and moderate protein led to the best morning alertness and sustained that alertness throughout the day. The studies show that, quote, a breakfast rich in carbohydrates can increase alertness so long as your body is healthy and capable of efficiently disposing of the glucose from that meal, preventing a sustained spike in blood sugar that otherwise blunts your brain alertness. So what, what that means is if you're eating complex carbohydrates, they're uh, they are absorbed slowly. They have a, a low glycemic index, uh, sugar being 100, white uh, potatoes being uh, 100, white rice being 100. So these have these would be in the, in the 60 to 50 range. So they were, they don't, they're not absorbed rapidly, so they won't cause that insulin to spike and your blood sugar to drop and you get hungry again. So the study takeaway, what? Well, 
morning the it has this this the takeaway has to say that a morning person has more to do with your lifestyle than your genes right if you struggle with grogginess in the morning and you want to improve your alertness well sleep in exercise and eat a healthy breakfast and and stick to a regular sleep schedule that's pretty key uh to feeling alert the next day so people say what's a high protein what's high protein well you know the standby is always eggs cottage cheese smoked salmon oats right eggs have six grams of protein per normal size egg greek yogurt has 17 grams of protein per three quarters of a cup you can look all this stuff up it's really important to have a good amount of protein along with those complex carbs so ladies and gentlemen and our new format will be to give you uh news that you can use throughout the it, immediately and we're, but we will have next week uh tobias siegel and we're gonna we will be talking about ozone uh, because uh, of the, all the work that was done by Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Warburg, who said that you really can't have uh, cancer in, when, if you have uh, oxygen present. So there's one way to get oxygen into your system using an ozone generator. Myself, Dr. Jerry, and most of our friends and relatives have these generators. Uh, it takes a little bit of learning, but not too much. Uh, but we'll have Tobias next week. And we're going to be talking about the medicine of the future, which is really here today. We're going to go into trying and try and break down how you heal with frequencies, how you can restore balance and harmony to your body with frequencies. These frequencies uh, can be delivered with uh, <clears throat> magnetic strips, crystals, sound. Uh, so, their energy and they can stimulate healing it's been used for centuries we've had a couple of programs on it they were have been well received sound waves you know there there's lots of them on youtube now they can be used to stimulate your body's healing process <clears throat> there's some patches out now and some uh, that stimulate stem cells now instead of getting a stem cell injection wouldn't it be nice to be able to use the frequency that stimulates stem cells, uh, especially the kind of, uh, that can form into any organ in your body. You know, there's frequencies that can reduce inflammation and pain. And there are other frequencies in the higher range that can stimulate your immune system. Sound waves can be, be used to reduce stress. You know, there's a lot of machines out there to you can play uh, soothing music, can even help with depression. And a lot of you that are using the red light therapy now, light waves can be used uh, in healing with frequencies. Different colors of light can be used to target different areas of the body. For example, red light can be used to reduce inflammation, while blue light can be used to stimulate the immune system. 
even though they have that disease called SAD, seasonal affective disorder. If you live in the northern part of the United States and you don't get a lot of sunlight, you get you can get depressed in the wintertime, and they have lights for that. That's why they say light therapy can also use for be used for depression, uh, anxiety, and chronic pain. And these pulse electromagnetic fields now can be used to transmit healing frequencies. And they can be used in a targeted approach to help restore balance and harmony to our bodies. Especially those that are experiencing chronic pain, fatigue. Healing with frequencies, ladies and gentlemen, is a powerful way. It's an effective way to restore balance and harmony to our body. So we'll be talking about the medicine of the future, which is here today using sound waves, light waves, and other forms of energy frequencies that can be used to stimulate healing and promote well-being. So if you're interested in this type of learning, drop me an email at docronradio at gmail.com and... Uh, Hopefully we'll have different practitioners that are qualified in this field. A lot of them will be acupuncturists and quantum uh, healers, quantum frequency healers. But that's, that's where the, the, the Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored podcast will be heading in that direction. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. Uh, we have uh, Freddie singing the opening and closing number to this, to this podcast. So we'll have Freddie take us home. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in.